Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Solo Founders Podcast. I'm your host, Darian. And in this episode, I want to talk about redefining content creation and how generative AI can be used by solo founders and content creators to create better, more effective content online. And I don't think it's a surprise that almost any type of business today can benefit from creating content and ranking highly on search engines for their product or their service, whether you're an influencer, small business owner, course creator, whatever it is, you know, every business really benefits from writing or creating high quality content on the internet. It helps with driving traffic. It helps with promoting your product. It helps with driving sales, helps with building trust and authority in your niche. So creating content online really isn't optional in 2023 for small business owners. And so with the explosion of AI over the last 12 months, really, there are so many tools that are becoming popular and really getting better at being able to help us do our jobs or to create content or get past writer's blocks or just creative blocks in general. But there are also a lot of ways that, you know, more savvy AI users can really leverage AI in a way that works better for them and helps their content perform better and just overall prevents search engines or other platforms from, you know, flagging your content as copywritten or as AI generated content. And so I want to share nine tips in this episode that can really help anybody who's looking to create content online, leverage generative AI in an effective and proper way that can really help you beat some of the algorithmic challenges that comes with using AI to produce content online. So before we dive in, I think it's important to talk about the two traditional kind of main types of AI models. So in the past, we've thought mainly about AI as predictive AI. And this sort of AI focuses on making predictions or classifying information based on existing data sets. So predictive AI mainly tries to focus on finding patterns and relationships between different data points, essentially. And this can help us categorize data identify trends or make decisions a lot of times. Where generative AI comes into play is that generative AI uses existing data sets to really try to learn from the patterns that it finds in those data sets and then create a new version of that data or a new copy of that data. And that is really powerful because there's a lot of different ways that we can leverage this to help us in our day-to-day lives not even just content creation but in our businesses or even in our personal lives there's a lot of different ways that generative ai can help us a lot but specifically we want to talk about how we can use this to create content online which is going to be a little bit different than if we were to use it just in our personal lives for let's say like cooking recipes or getting a workout you know schedule written down or something there's Nine tips that I want to talk about in this episode that specifically can help you as an entrepreneur or a content creator really leverage generative AI in the proper way to really get the most out of it when creating content online. So the first thing, or my first tip really is understand the AI model that you're working with. So when we talk generative AI, I think the more popular ones today are becoming ChatGPT, There's Google Bard, and these are all like text generators, but there's also things like Dolly 
and mid journey for image creation or image generation, I should say. So there's an AI model for a lot of different things when it comes to generating content. So it's important that when you're picking these tools that you want to use, that you really understand how that model works and how that model is actually trained, because that's going to really impact the prompts that you want to give that AI model to get the best outcome from it and to use it the most effectively. So I think, you know, this is not to get in the weeds and say that you have to go read, you know, white papers about the AI model and how it was trained and what data it was trained on. But I do think just a basic understanding of, you know, how does this model really work can help you write more effective prompts that immediately just give you a lot more value out of the output. And so that leads kind of into the next point or tip, which is define very clear objectives. So as you write your prompts, you know, it might be very tempting to just let the AI do most of the work to give it the bare minimum question or the bare minimum statement or the bare minimum instructions to really have it do the work for you and let it fill in most of the blanks based on what it knows or what it understands. But again, this leaves a lot of room for the AI to interpret you know, what you're asking, as opposed to really having it, you know, do a lot of the the heavy lifting for you and the thinking for you. So for example, what I like to do when it comes to producing content and things like that is be extremely, extremely specific about the outcome that you want from your prompt. So for example, with a blog post, you know, you might want to not only give it you know, the title and the keywords that you're intending to use in the blog post, but you might also want to give it structure or give it some instructions about the structure of how you want the content output. So you might say, I want all heading titles as H1s and all the body text of each uh, heading as a paragraph tag. And then in each paragraph, I want to have at least five bulleted points that support the paragraph text for that you know, heading or that sub bullet. And so, you know, getting granular like that and telling it different, you know, headings and different uh, HTML tags to use for your post can be very, very helpful. And not only saving you time with, you know, kind of tweaking and adjusting the final output, but again, it, it helps the AI understand what it is that you're looking for. And it can tailor that response a lot better to what you're trying to do, given more clear objectives. So I think taking the time to write very good, detailed, and specific prompts is one of the, you know, quickest ways to improve your utilization of generative AI. You know, instead of using very generic and simple prompts, you know, take the time to write maybe a, a paragraph, four to five sentences, you know, in your prompt and get as specific as you possibly can about what sort of tone you might be looking for, you know, what message you want to send, what audience are you writing this content for? So I would just give it as much detail as possible and then let it sort of interpret from there what the output looks like to match that criteria. So that leads me to the third tip, which would be choosing the right tools. So like I mentioned earlier, there's so many different AI tools for pretty much all of our everyday needs, our business needs, our personal needs, you name it. So again, we already talked about 
generative AI and predictive AI. And so understanding what the best AI choice is for whatever the, the given task at hand for you is, is super, super important. And like I said, when it comes to generative AI, there are so many different you know, ways and strategies and tools that you can use. For example, if we stick with the blog example, of course, ChatGPT is a very popular generative AI tool. And I mentioned Bard earlier, which is by Google, basically Google's version of ChatGPT. But there are also tools like Jasper, which essentially is the, I don't want to say the same thing, but it's very similar. It's, it's mainly meant for writing content online, whether it's like YouTube descriptions, Instagram captions, blog posts, you know, you name it, Jasper can do it all. It also allows you to sort of pick a tone if you want to write in the tone of another person, like a celebrity, or, you know, if you want to write something sarcastic or funny or informational, like there's so many different choices, you know, even down to the word count and rephrasing sentences. Jasper is a very, very powerful AI writing tool that can be used in a lot of different ways. In that same way, there are also tools like Content at Scale that are also meant to help you know, content creators produce content at scale. So again, setting a, a number of words you want a blog to be, putting in keywords and, you know, the recommended title and what sort of tone you want it to write in. Like all these things are very popular in generative AI text tools. And so, you know, that is very different than if you're trying to use AI to generate a video or to create a PowerPoint or to create images for something. So just knowing the right tools to use based on the features, the reviews, how popular they are, you know, and again, going back to how the models work, like all these things are very, very important in helping you choose the right tool, which is going to help you create the most effective content. So choosing the right tool is extremely, extremely important. And I would definitely spend the time to do the research and figure out what's out there based on what you're trying to do. So I wouldn't just go with ChatGPT because that's the popular tool that everyone is using. There might be something better and more specific and trained more specifically to do something that you needed to do. And I would just recommend, you know, doing that research to ensure that you're using the the best, you know, most effective tools that are tried and true for whatever your goal is to use it for. Number four is sort of similar to what we talked about with number two in defining clear objectives, which is just prepare detailed prompts. And again, I think that, you know, I can't overstate this enough. So like I said, the power of the AI is really in the prompt that you write, whether it's again, uh, writing a PowerPoint presentation or, or generating a PowerPoint presentation, I should say, or generating images or generating video the heart of that output is going to be how well the prompt itself is written. So again, I would just put a lot of emphasis and time into writing a prompt. And another thing I like to do as well, as well is create a document and have all your, your common prompts in that document, right? So it could be a Google Doc, it could be in a notepad, it could be in a Notion sheet or anywhere that you like to track, you know, your daily work. And I would just, create a document that has different sections or at least different prompts basically for different things. So it could be a prompt for creating a blog. It could be another prompt for creating a blog outline. It could be another uh, prompt for uh, generating blog titles. And this also goes for captions of things or researching things, or it could be podcasts. It could be YouTube videos. 
there's so many ways that you can leverage this, you know, prompt cheat sheet is how I would think of it, you know, to just speed up your content creation process or your planning process, your outlining process, whatever it is, having really good prepared detailed prompts can help you out so much with time, efficiency, and output. So again, I think having a document where you outline all your most common prompts, you know, maybe a podcast outline, a YouTube outline prompt, a blog outline prompt, you know, research prompts, keyword prompts, title prompts, and I'll just have this entire document that you can easily swap out titles and certain words and keywords and just continually reuse those prompts over and over again. And that way you don't have to always sit back and think so much about what it is you need to write in the prompts. And it'll also give you a little bit more consistency in the the content that is produced for you in terms of format or the, the way things are researched, whatever it is, uh, the structure of it, all of that goes down to the prompt that you give the AI. So highly recommend having that prompt cheat sheet and just really putting the time into preparing those detailed prompts. So number five is very close to number six. So number five is review and edit the output. And number six is fine tune the output settings. So not every tool is going to allow you to fine tune the output settings per se, especially if you're using something like ChatGPT or Google Bard. So what I do want to focus on with these two points is, is really just making the content your own, not using the verbatim output from the, from the AI to post and to use as your own content. Because let's be honest, even though it's generated by an AI and not a human or another person, you know, there's still there's still a, a plagiarism aspect or potentially a copyright aspect to passing content off or trying to pass content off that isn't genuinely yours or that isn't really unique. And I think it's very important to not get caught up in trying to use these tools to just pump out content, pump out content, pump out content. Because the way that Google is working today and most search engines are starting to trend this same direction is really, I don't want to say um, like punishing AI generated content. But AI-generated content is not being rewarded or ranking as highly as human-written content on search engines, right? Because these search engines really are meant to filter through content on the, on the internet, online, and really serve up, based on your search, the most authoritative, the most tried and true, and essentially the best content that they can possibly find. And so with the advent of generative AI, a lot more people can create content. A lot more people can create blogs and whatever it is and, and just throw things online. And so Google is starting to really, like I said, um, I, I don't want to use the word punish, but again, they, they're not rewarding AI-generated content in the same way they are human-generated content. And so with that being said, it's very important to know how to hone these tools these generative AI tools to really fit your needs and get the most out of it. And I think that 
for me personally, using generative AI to outline things and then going in and, and writing the, the content yourself is is the current approach that I like to use. But the moral of the story with both these points five and six is really that you're going to need to edit the output. You're going to need to change words or re rewrite entire paragraphs or pretty much add your own style and tone and anecdotes and examples to whatever the content is that's generated for you by the AI. Because content detection tools are very, very good. I don't know if, if you've been familiar, if you use these before, but if you just Google content detection software, or I'm sorry, AI detection software, you will quickly find lots of free tools online that you can, you know, you can test it out yourself. You can take the output from whatever AI you're using and copy it into one of these AI detect uh, detectors or AI detection softwares. And you will quickly find that these, these softwares are very good at detecting AI content. And usually what they do is give you a percentage that they feel the content is AI generated. So it, it might not say just black and white, like this is AI content or this is human content. But typically it'll give you like a percentage of probability and say this is 78% likely to be AI generated or this is, you know, 85%, you know, uh, probability to be human written. And essentially what you want to do is you want everything that you publish online to pass these content detection softwares as human generated content. So that is why I'm a huge fan of using AI to help speed up the research process and maybe the outlining process. And even maybe creating the structural outline of something like a blog post or, again, if it's a podcast episode or a YouTube, you know, video live stream, helping create the, the, the content structure is, is super important, I think. But the content itself has to truly come from you and be human generated if you want it to perform the best that it can on search engines. So keep that in mind to help you drive traffic to your brand, to really help you maximize the use of these things. Don't hurt yourself and hurt your brand in the search engines by, you know, not tweaking or editing or customizing and personalizing your AI generated content. So that's points number five and six kind of together. Review and edit output and then fine tune the output settings. Number seven is blending AI with human touch. So again, using this to, to be authentic, right? That is the, the key takeaway with all of this whole generative AI conversation is that yes, this tool exists to help you create content, you know, in bulk or faster. However, it is still so important that every piece of content has a human element, a human touch and feel to it, a human sound to it, a human voice and tone. And so again, adding your own personal stories into these things or really just using your voice, rewording the content that to use your voice is really going to help you stand out so much more and make the content actually worth publishing online. So blending AI with human touch is number seven. Number eight is iterative improvement. So again, these tools help us post so much more content or create so much more content so much more quickly than before. We used to run into writer's block or creativity blocks and you know, you name it. We all have our own personal challenges when it comes to creating content. You could have trouble with planning things. You could have trouble with structuring and outlining your content. You could have trouble editing your content. And AI helps us with all of these things at the same time. But it's important that 
we continually find ways to improve the content that we're outputting. So you might want to look at certain trends or analytics behind the content that you're posting, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, uh, your socials, uh, like I said, your personal website, blog, landing pages, wherever you're using your AI generated content, you really want to closely monitor the performance of that content. And you really want to follow the trends of what is working and incorporate more of that. You might find that certain prompts produce certain outputs that perform better in analytics on your website, on your social media platforms, and whatever that is, you basically just want to hone in on that and figure out, again, how can you continually use that data or that feedback to really improve you know, every piece of AI-generated content that you create? Because that's going to really help you maximize your content for your audience. You know, what works for you won't work for me, won't work for the next person. So figuring out how to iteratively improve on your existing content or your AI-generated content is really a specific thing to your niche, your brand, your tone, your voice. And it's just very important that you you don't just post and forget, that you post and follow up and you remember to track the, the outcome, the performance, the analytics, the engagement behind the things that you're posting so that you can, again, you know what works, you know what you need more of and what you need less of. And again, this all just makes your readers more engaged, your visitors, uh, your you know audience on YouTube, your podcast listeners, whatever it is, but you know they will innately appreciate you being able to consistently put out better and better content because you have the data, the numbers, and the stats to kind of prove what works in your niche. So number eight, iteratively improve on the AI-generated content. The last one we've touched on just a little bit, but again, it kind of aligns with the last like three or four, which I hope kind of can nail the point home of how important this is. But number nine is avoid plagiarism and copyright issues because AI-generated content is not necessarily guaranteed to not infringe on, you know, copyright policies or plagiarism policies, especially if you're a student in school or something like that, you know, and I'm sure that these, you know, rules and laws and policies are only going to get more strict as AI continues to get better and more powerful. So again, learning how to really use AI tools, generative AI tools specifically, to help your planning, brainstorming, and outline process. And research also, I think, is the the biggest way to help use generative AI and leverage it to speed up your creative process and improve the quality of the content that you're putting out online. I know that it's very tempting to see these tools exist and want to just use them to the, the fullest of their ability and create as much content as we can and maybe backfill blogs and, you know, generate 20 blogs and have them ready to post on a weekly basis or, you know, whatever the the case is, whatever type of content, you know, that you're into creating, it can be very easy to just want to use these tools to, like I said, stockpile content and, you know, just schedule it and put it out consistently. Because I know that's been a huge problem for me as well. Creating consistent content has been a, a big challenge. And so I get why that could be tempting. But again, you know, when you think long term in terms of your brand recognition, your brand visibility, your ability to be found online, your rankings in Google search and everything, I mean, it is so not worth it to take the chance of doing harm to people being able to find your brand online or be able to trust your brand because people can figure out that 
all this content is AI generated, or this person doesn't really have a, a voice of their own or an opinion of their own, or this content sounds very stale or very boring. It's not engaging. It's not personable, right? So you can do a lot more harm than good with these tools, even though they're extremely powerful. It can also help you save so much time, so much money, so much effort, so much energy. But again, avoiding plagiarism and copyright issues is a huge, huge point that we all as business owners and content creators want to avoid running into that kind of trouble. And it's very easy to do as long as we keep these nine points in mind and ensure that we are using generative AI to strengthen our, our research planning and outline process versus doing all of the content creation work for us. And by being our research you know, partner, our outline partner, our podcast producer, our live stream producer, whatever you're using generative AI for, figuring out how to hone that specifically to your needs with good prompts and in your own voice and language and tone is really, in my opinion, the key to maximizing your use of generative AI in 2023 for your business, for your brands, whatever it is, your social profiles. You know, I think these nine points are going to continue to be key. So that's all for this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something new. And I'm Darian once again with the Solo Fighters Podcast, and I'll catch you in the next episode.